You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. It's me, as always, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show. Joined once more by Doug Moore, my partner in crime here at OTI. And on today's show, uh, last week we had uh, Matt Harmon on the show. We, we all know Matt from Backyard Banter. But today we're going to have another one of his uh, fellow alumni from uh, NFL Fantasy on. And uh, from Fantasy and Friends, uh, you just got a bit, of a, a bit of a podcast bump last week from Matt. And then we uh, said this guy was coming on the podcast this week. And both of them ended up on NFL Network yesterday. So it's, uh, it's Matt Franciscovich. Uh, thanks for jumping aboard, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been exciting, exciting couple days. We got on uh, Fantasy and Friends, which was a new show this year on NFL Network. Me and Harmon as the fantasy hipsters. Yeah. So it was a fun little bit we got to do. Yeah, I was watching that uh, earlier today as well, because obviously a little bit later being uh, over here in Ireland, so I got to catch right. up on it on uh, on Twitter. But uh, it was a, a fun little segment with you and uh, Dam- Damashek and MJD. But, um, you know, is that something that we can uh, look forward to moving forward? I think so. I think they want to make it a recurring segment, so we'll see. But you know, we'll let you we'll let you guys know when we know. Yeah, it's good that it hasn't yeah. been uh, shut down straight away. That's always a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Matt, obviously writing for uh, NFL Fantasy, he's also a contributor to Number Fire, and uh, as I mentioned, um, we're going to have him on to go through all the Week Eight games. And it's hard to believe it is Week Eight already. We're almost at the halfway point off the regular season. We're past the halfway point for the regular season of the fantasy football season. Um, just before we start off, obviously the people listening to the show, uh, hopefully uh, if we have new listeners and you're listening to us via iTunes or Stitcher, make sure you do go and subscribe uh, via whatever network you listen to. Come back and listen to us again. We have great guests on each and every week. And uh, we also have this guy, Doug Moore. Uh, thanks, Doug, uh, as always, for coming back. It's always good uh, when the co-host returns to the show. <laughs> yeah, it's usually a bad sign if the co-host doesn't return, but yeah. you luckily have... Uh, Nothing to worry about with me. Yeah, it's, all, it's always good. So, uh, last plug before we uh, do get into uh, the games. Uh, I'm just going to play this quick read for you, so we'll do that, and then we'll get straight into uh, the preview. Just before we get into the game previews, I want to mention one of the promotions we've got going on here at OTI at the moment. We have teamed up with NFL Shop Europe. Their website is europe.nflshop.com. For the month of October, they are offering free shipping worldwide on all orders. And of course, with our code that we have is OTI10, they are offering you also a free 10% added discount to all orders. So check them out for all your NFL equipment needs, whether it's jerseys, hats, uh, scarves, pins, whatever it is that you want to get to represent your NFL. NFL team and uh, they have free shipping our code is OTI10 for an extra 10% off and this uh, week alone if you buy something on their shop just to give you a little added incentive tweet us a screenshot or send an email to overtimeireland at gmail.com off your purchase and we'll add you into a draw for a free OTI t-shirt so a little added incentive this week uh, get involved in that that is OTI10 the website is europe.nflshop.com so with all the plugs out of the way to start the show, uh, I did mention we were going to start off the preview, but we started this last week with uh, Harmon when he was on. We're going to continue it this week. Uh, week seven in the books. I'm going to let Matt go first as our uh, guest on the show, but if you could pick one key talking point from last week, uh, you know, far looking towards the rest of the season, what uh, is there one that you'd pick out? I mean, for me, it's got to be Jay Ajayi uh, in Miami <laughs> now. We- I mean, you can't you can't really ignore this two back to back 200 yard games. Uh, Arian Foster announced his retirement just yesterday or uh, no, maybe it was two days ago, Monday. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's pretty clear that JHI is going to be the workhorse there in Miami. And they figured something out in an offensive line. And I, I wrote a lot about JHI uh, in the summer about he just, he just, people were down on him. I don't know why, but um, to me, he looked like a talented running back. And it's pretty clear that his, the things that were holding him back early in the season were mental and there was something going on with the coaches there where they weren't giving him the opportunities. So it seems like those are have cleared up now. Foster is gone, and this is Jay Ajayi's backfield. So hopefully fantasy owners were able to snag him off waiver wires there in that period where he wasn't doing so hot. Yeah, and they're heading into the, the bye week this week. But he's somebody, uh, I, I after week one, I went and said that Will Fuller wasn't going to hit that 100-yard uh, stat line again after week one. He did it in week two. And I have to go back and listen to last week's show, but I'm pretty sure I said on last week's show that J.J. wasn't going to run for 200 yards again. And uh, well, he, he proved me wrong on that. But I think everyone was pretty much saying that last week. But uh, in a few dynasty leagues that I'm in, I actually tried to, to move J.J. last week, uh, thinking, you know, sell high. And then he went and done it again. And uh, I had no takers for him. So I think I'll just uh, stand... Pat uh, and see what we get uh, for the rest of the season particularly with the Arian Foster news coming out there him retiring on Monday as you mentioned we're recording this on Wednesday so we're going with the the most latest information we have uh, with all the previews that we're going to do but obviously recording this uh, midweek Doug I'll give you a chance to to hit a talking point from uh, week seven yeah I think I'm going to talk about um so so Matt's buddy Matt Harmon is a huge fan of uh Alan Robinson and it's it's just been crazy how um how he struggled so far uh so his quarterback sucks is the majority yeah yeah. (laughs) and it's no he does and i was never a big fan of bortles you know he'll throw he'll put up some good numbers every now and then but his sack total and his his uh, interception totals are just too high and that's what it was last season i think he led the league in interceptions even though he was a top eight or five uh fantasy quarterback and that's a big part of it i mean robinson's still seeing he's seen 55 targets in six games so it's not like he's not being targeted but he's only gotten 26 of those reeled in for a catch less than 300 yards receiving and three touchdowns and even last week um marquise lee led i think led the the team in in receiving not robinson so it's just really you know it's really just a situation where i'm really concerned about you know what he can do just being limited by this team where they don't really have much of a running attack and it just seems that their quarterback can't make the throws that he needs to so i i'm worried about him and and like deandre hopkins for example two star you know tight ends that are just struggling with their with their quarterback play so yeah, I think I think you can put both those into the same category as you mentioned with Brock Osweiler, obviously and Blake Bartles. I'm not uh, high on either of them, and I I haven't been since they came into the league. It's uh, you know it's a tough situation because I own Allen Robinson in a lot of leagues too, dynasty leagues this year, uh, and a few startups I took him in as a, a first round pick, and that is kind of the going rate for him. And he's one of those players I think you just kind of have to bide your time and see how it goes, see if Bartles can fix those mechanics. It's uh, he's a tough quarterback to watch and. Uh, you know, it's, it's got to the situation where they're playing this week on Thursday night football against the the Tennessee Titans, who have given up quite a, a large amount of yards to uh, wide receivers in, in certain games this season. And you think this will be a, a perfect game for him, but uh, you know it's at a stage where I'm probably going to set him, and I'm actually streaming the Titans defense in a couple of leagues this week. Uh, have you anything to add, Matt, on the situation regarding A. Rob and uh, maybe Blake Bortles? 
it's just it's just it's just hard. It's frustrating because it's one of those situations where no one's gonna want to trade for him, so you can't get anything in a trade. If you bench him and he gets a touchdown, you'll be ripping your hair out. Yeah. If you start him and he gives you nothing, you'll be ripping your hair out. <laughs> and you can't drop he can't drop him because he was like your first round pick. So yeah. it's like it's so frustrating. That's I, I can't figure it out. And even Blake Bortles, like last year in real life, like he wasn't that great of a quarterback, but they got behind in so many games that he managed to get those garbage time, as we like to call it, garbage yeah. time points, uh, coming back from behind in the second half, and that helped Robinson. But they can't connect on the deep ball. That's that's one of the biggest issues this year is Blake Bortles can't can't connect with Robinson on deep balls, and that's really affecting both of their production so far. Yeah, there was a lot of shots last year, kind of 20 yards plus downfield. I think they actually led the league in uh, quarterback to wide receiver deep passes over 20 yards last year and this year. I think they, they failed to connect on any of those, if, I, if I'm right. And Doug mentioned as well three touchdowns on the season. Two of them came against Baltimore in one game. I think it was in week three, so... Yeah. You know, a lot of the time with your, your stud wide receivers like that, you can roll them out there and you know you think they're going to get the targets so they're going to get kind of that at least 70 yards range and you're still going to be okay if they get a touchdown. You know, you're, you're really looking good. But with Alan Robinson, like last week, I think it was one catch. He finished with you know just over a point in uh, standard league. So it's, yeah. it's really tough uh, to roll them out there this week. And I guess when we get to the, the preview of that game, we might mention it a little bit more. But running into the games yeah. now, and uh, I'm going to start off with a game that I'm very, very interested in uh, as a Packers fan. It's Green Bay at Atlanta, and I think this has uh, the potential to be to be quite high scoring. The Packers' uh, secondary is very banged up, so I think you're starting Julio, jo- Julio Jones this week with extreme confidence, and I think uh, you probably can roll out Mohamed Sanu there as well. And you know Jacob Tammy's been getting a few targets. He had a nice touchdown catch last week. But um, then on the the Green Bay side, we all know the situation with Eddie Lacy uh, out again, and you know James Starks is uh, out. So you're looking at Ty Montgomery in the backfield again, and he ended up with a lot, a lot of work last week. Devontae Adams kind of went off last week against the Bears, and it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. Randall Cobb's had an uptick in form, but Jordy Nelson is really struggling. And I'm sure you'll mention the the next gen stats. There's been a lot of talk this week about Nelson struggling to get any separation. So. It's a game that I'm very interested in, uh, and from a, an actual football perspective. But I think it's, it's this has the potential to be kind of that there, you know, bonanza that we talk about uh, for fantasy football this week. Yeah, I mean, it should be on paper. It sounds like it should be a high-scoring game because both the offenses are potent. But um, the Packers, like, I feel like we're going to see another game where the Packers just because they 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 have no backfield depth, they're just going to throw those dink and dunk passes the way Rodgers did last week. Um, those short passes and kind of hope is the wide receivers gain yards after the catch. Um, and, you know, they saw success with that last week, but it was against the Bears, and the Bears aren't a great team. They had <laughs> their third-string third, third quarterback in there. Yeah. Um, so it's you can't really use that as a gauge, but if this is the Packers' offense we're going to see going forward, I don't know if you can really expect much from Jordy Nelson because he's he's only got over 75 receiving yards in one of his six games so far this season. Um, no touchdowns in his last two games after five in the first four games. And I think this is just a different Packers offense than we saw in the beginning of the year. Um, and I think, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers got frustrated too because he couldn't connect with Jordy Nelson. And I mean, I think it's worth questioning if, if Jordy Nelson's the number one receiver there anymore with all these other guys with Cobb and Devontae Adams and now Ty Montgomery as like a all-purpose kind of player. All these other guys are emerging and Nelson's kind of falling to the back burner. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I think that he's just nowhere near what he was pre-injury. I tweeted this out during the week, and I think that he's 
probably as he's got to this far in the season going to probably struggle to ever get back that explosiveness that he had uh, you know he, he used to be kind of a deep threat over the top and it's just simply not there this season and unless you're getting those targets in the red zone uh, you can't really trust him going forward uh, it's just going to be a smash of I think it's going to be a situation with Green Bay for the rest of the season like we've seen Adams go off last week we might see Cobb a week and we might see Montgomery a week it's going to be mixed around it's going to be very very hard to trust any of them really moving forward a uh, question I want to have for you and I know it's a, a competitor so it's uh, it's with ESPN but with them this week now they've uh, allowed Ty Montgomery to be either a running back or a wide receiver in their leagues uh, previously I had uh, thought that you couldn't change their kind of tag off the player during the season uh, NFL seems to be going to stick with them just as a wide receiver is it something that you thought was strange I thought it was uh, quite a bizarre decision yeah, well, this is a, a pretty hot topic today. Um, our our <laughs> colleague, colleague Alex Gelhar, who I think has been on your podcast yep. before, uh, he just did a write up for for our site, and he talked about how um, the the because we are the NFL, we probably while we're not going to change the designation in in our fantasy game for Ty Montgomery, um, unless the Packers change his designation, like on the official depth chart. I don't see that happening. And this is kind of a rare situation because it's only really been two games where Montgomery's had these these snaps out of the backfield. And it's it's a situation where they've just been uh, eviscerated with injuries at the running back position. Even even uh, Don Jackson, who was the rookie last week, who they signed off the practice squad, came in, had two carries and injured his hand and was out. So yeah. they have no other options. And it's just it's one of those rare occasions where. Um, they're just trying to use the athletic athleticism of the guys, the healthy guys on the roster. Um, and we all kind of do think it is a little odd to change the designation mid-season um, based on, you know, the very small sample size. So it's a little weird. And if you play on NFL.com, we're not going to change it unless unless the team changes it, I think. so. Yeah, the last time I kind of seen it was in real life, but it was with Jimmy Graham when he was being franchise tagged with the Saints and he was trying to claim that he was you know a wide receiver more than a, a tight end and we're kind of in that situation and like David Johnson right. for the Cardinals has split out wide a lot this season Giovanni Bernard does it do he starts in that they should be allowed as a wide receiver and particularly as you mentioned after only two games the switch it was very bizarre uh, to me uh, in that game as well Tevin Coleman uh, will be very unlikely to play with a hamstring injury uh, he got injured against the Chargers last week Devontae Freeman a little bit banged up heading into that one too with a hip injury but he will uh, get a full workload and you know, the Packers have been pretty good against the run, but uh, I think with the workload he'll get, he is uh, a must-start this week as well. And I've actually underlined it in my show notes uh, prior to the show, and I forgot to do it this week yet again. Teams on by this week. We have six teams on by. I forgot this on every show <laughs> so far. Uh, we have Baltimore Ravens, Miami Dolphins, New York Giants, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Rams, and, of course, San Francisco 49ers. So those six on by, so make sure none of those guys are in your starting lineups this week. And uh, with that, Doug, you're up. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I, I definitely wanted to, to mention if it wasn't about how uh, the matchup, even with Devontae Freeman getting a full workload, how I, I don't know if he's got necessarily a good game ahead of him. I actually wrote up that uh, I made a bold prediction that he will actually have a bad game for one of my articles. Uh, so we'll see. I don't think the Packers have given up a, a touchdown to running backs in the past three games. So it'll be very interesting to see. Um, I guess. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, you know what? I will go with. Um, I guess I, I want to get your take on what I think could be a really high-scoring game as well. Uh, the Chiefs and the Colts. Um, I guess two things for me. Um, <clears throat> one, do you think Jack Doyle is for real? Um, and maybe this is too broad of a question, uh, but do you think 
Jack Doyle can keep up the workload if Dante Freeman, I'm sorry, Dante Moncrief and Philip Dorsett do come back. And I guess on the other side of the ball is, what are your thoughts on Jeremy Macklin? What's going on with him? So I'll give you one for both sides. Okay, so for uh, Jack Doyle, I mean, if you look at the the tight end leaders right now for the season, he's the third highest scoring tight end in fantasy for the season, which is absolutely nuts. It kind of speaks to what kind of shape the tight end position is is in it's just kind of a kind of a mess from week to week i think only six five or six tight ends had more than 60 receiving yards last week which is insane um i think i think the big the big thing with jack doyle that we have to keep an eye on is Dwayne allen and who's the other tight end there who who was out last week i think it's an ankle injury um and i think if moncrief and dorsett do come back i think doyle can still keep his fantasy value afloat as long as Dwayne allen is out of the picture but if allen ends up coming back i'm not really sure what his timetable is um then that 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 would concern me for doyle's uh value going forward because the colts have always been a team to really look for their at least with andrew luck to look for their tight ends in the red zone we saw it with kobe fleener and Dwayne allen and both of them were productive in fantasy for the last couple seasons um, so if there's only one healthy guy there and it's Doyle, I think he'll still basically what you're looking for with a tight end anyway is just a touchdown. Um, I think he'll still be that guy and be, you know, a top 10 option at the position, especially on a week with six teams on by. You don't really have much of a choice. So I like Doyle this week and going forward as long as Allen is out um, on the other side of the ball. For Jeremy Macklin, man, that is frustrating. Um, he had eight touchdowns last year, and I don't think he scored his second touchdown until week eight, to be honest. I was looking at this this morning. So he had eight seconds last year, um, but it's hard to roll him out there. I think he, he's had two great matchups his last two weeks against the Oakland Raiders and the New Orleans Saints, who are both really bad defenses, and he only put up I think 89 yards combined in both of those games, which is not good. So if, if people are, you know, like looking to drop Jerry, Jeremy Macklin, it's hard not to make an argument against that um, because he's just been so ineffective. It's, it's really frustrating for a guy who was drafted in like the fourth or fifth round. He's a talented guy, but I think, I think it speaks more to the Kansas city offense than Macklin's talent. You know, Alex Smith isn't known to to feature his wide receivers. Um, they have Spencer Ware there now, who's a, a big big threat in the passing game. Travis Kelsey, this guy Tyreek Hills emerged. They have Chris Conley, and in the past, at least last year, they haven't they didn't have all of these other options. And I think that is affecting Macklin's volume too. And it's just a matter of can Alex Smith get the ball to him? And what we've seen so far is no, he can't. It's, yeah, agree. yeah, I agree there. And I, I did say on last week's show if the if Macklin didn't have a, a good game against that Saints secondary that I, I was out. I think it's more down to the fact too that they're just not pushing the ball down the field. They're they're playing perfect Andy Reid football where you get the running back heavily involved, those short passes trying to get to Kelsey if you're on third down, same with maybe some short passes to Macklin. And uh, you know, I don't yeah. own him anywhere, but if I did I would be dropping him. I was very high though this off season on Spencer Ware, so I was hoping for a boost in the running game. And obviously with Ware he had another huge game last week, hundred and thirty one yards for scrimmage. Uh, nearly 300 yards for him over the last two games and he's he's just been absolutely phenomenal this season so far and with Jamal Charles' knees uh, you know in a, a situation where you couldn't really be confident 
uh, going forward in his uh, production. I think uh, Ware is somebody who they're just going to continue to lean on as the, the season moves forward. You mentioned as well Jack Doyle. I think, as you, you did rightly say with Allen, it's more to do if he comes back to, to work into that workload. Moncrief's an interesting one as he trained uh, limited on Wednesday, which is today, and uh, you know coming back off that uh, shoulder fracture that he had. So he's somebody that I was very high on the off-season it's kind of, I think, a wait-and-see probably approach if you can, but with the bye weeks, you might have no better option if you put him in. You kind of, he has that high touchdown upside, and I think he's definitely somebody rest of season who, if he is on a waiver wire, you should definitely be picking up that as Dante Moncrief. Uh, going, talking about, you mentioned the stat on tight ends. I have uh, Greg, Ol- Greg Olsen in a lot of my leagues, and I was uh, started Lance Kendricks last week in a spot start in a couple of leagues, so I'm glad to get Greg back this week. So that's the next game we're going to talk about. Quite a tough matchup against Arizona. We've seen their shootout uh, with the Seattle Seahawks on uh, last week. And it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Carolina's defense has been nowhere near what they were last year. Obviously, uh, Josh Norman now down with Washington. But they've been getting pretty much carved up. They haven't really been stopping the run as well as you'd expect. You know, that was a, a key area of their game last year. But for Arizona, obviously, you're starting David Johnson in this one. Carson Palmer's very hard to trust, but you know this week again, as we've mentioned, there's a couple of games here and a couple of players where with six teams on a bye, you mightn't have a lot of other options. John Brown didn't play last week, expected to to come back in this week from that hamstring injury, but it's it's an interesting one. But Carolina is the side I want to find out more of you from you about Matt, and it's you know you're looking at Greg Olson, Cam Newton, Jonathan Stewart, uh, you know Funchess Benjamin. There just there hasn't been. Um, a lot of touchdowns through the air this year there's been a lot of yards in particular with Greg Olson uh, but with Cam you trust in Cam going forward for the rest of the season yeah I don't think there's I don't think there's any concern with Cam it's just a matter of that that it's just a matter of that Panthers offense getting going and their yeah. defense is so bad that they're gonna you know, have that, to get going. that gives yeah. that, that gives them more opportunities to to be driving and needing to score more points to keep up with whoever they're playing against um, and and Cam just brings so much value with his rushing ability. Um, I know he hasn't been as amazing this year, but he had ten rushing touchdowns last year, which is just insane. So <laughs> he was the he was the league MVP last year. So sometimes you uh, you have a little bit of a drop off after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think there's any reason to panic. You know, he'll find Greg Olson, he'll find Calvin Benjamin. They're two huge red zone targets, and even when they do get close, like. For Jonathan, Jonathan Stewart's ceiling is capped because Cam runs it so much near the goal line. So he did pick up. Uh, I think he he did have three rushing touchdowns against the Saints, but I know Cam was coming back off the concussion, so there might be that concern. But uh, you know, this week, as I mentioned, I have Jonathan Stewart as well in a couple of leagues, and just with those six teams on a bye, you're going to have to start them this week. If you have better options, yeah. you don't want to be playing guys against the Arizona defense. But uh, I think in this situation, and I think as you mentioned, there's a possibility in this that Arizona do start to click uh, against that secondary of the uh, Panthers and you might see the, the the Panthers have to you know fight back and start to throw the ball so uh, it's going to be an interesting one yeah for sure I think you know uh, Carson Palmer hasn't been anything close to what we saw last year um, he's on uh, deep balls pa- uh, attempts of 20 plus air yards this season he's got one touchdown four interceptions and a passer rating of 26.6 so we expect <laughs> The Arizona uh, offense to be explosive, but it's all on David Johnson's shoulders. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think just personally, you know, th- if there's a week where Greg Olson struggles, even though he's the you know, number one tight end in, in fantasy, and like you mentioned earlier, how just ridiculous the tight end position is every year. Uh, I think Arizona's actually given up by far the fewest points 
over the past like three games yeah. to uh, tight end. So it'll be interesting to see, especially with uh, you know them going up against a defense that held Seattle to six points, you know, three, uh, two field goals. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, when I want to get your take on it, and maybe I'm still in the, the spotlight of what probably is the biggest news of the day is this uh, Chargers Broncos matchup. Obviously, on the the Broncos side, C.J. Anderson. It sounds like he's going to miss at least some time, if not yeah. a lot of time, due to this knee injury that sort of came out of nowhere. Um, and I obviously want to see what you think about Devontae Booker. You know, uh, what can he do not only this week but going forward? Is there a guy that steps up and and, and has a sort of role that Booker was having even with Anderson in there? And uh, I guess on the other side, if I had to think of something, Hunter Henry, you know, can't. I guess I'm going to talk about the tight end position again. Even with Antonio Gates probably getting healthier every week, which isn't that isn't that you know much to say because he's like the crypt keeper. Um, <laughs> you know, can Hunter Henry still have you know a productive role where he can start or be started every week in fantasy? Yeah, so let me start with the C.J. Anderson thing. This is pretty scary because he's a guy you probably drafted in the second round. And yeah. he, you know, we saw we saw him go down with that injury early in the game, and he kind of grabbed at his shin or knee area, and then he got back. He was back in there like on the next drive, and had you know he ran really well. So it's a huge surprise. And uh, our NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport tweeted that. Like even one of the possibilities is that he could be done for the season. They hope it's not that, but it could potentially be that serious, which would be awful. Um, but for now, I mean, uh, Gary Kubiak said uh, Devontae Booker is going to be their guy, their starter. They trust him. I mean, he's a rookie, so you know he's probably going to have some of those so some of those growing pains. Rookies sometimes struggle with ball security and stuff like that. But from what we've seen from him so far this year, he's looked really explosive. Um, I think he's he's good as a pass catcher, too. Um, the only other running back on the Broncos depth chart right now is Capri Bibbs. He's kind of like a, a journeyman, like, depth chart guy buried on the depth charts. So I don't think – I mean, he might get a few touches here and there, but I don't think he's going to be a threat to Booker's workload or have any fantasy value there. Uh, Booker's the guy. If he's still hanging out on your waiver wire, definitely pick him up. We were trying to tell people to pick him up two or three weeks ago when, yeah. you know, Anderson was struggling and there were whispers that Booker could get more touches. So hopefully people were ahead of that one. Um, and the other thing is Hunter Henry. I know he was in concussion protocol um, from it, last week, which which was a surprise on Monday. I'm not sure if he practiced today or uh, not. He didn't practice today, but I, I did see uh, that McCoy is, uh, he said he was hopeful that he would uh, clear concussion protocol and play this week. Okay, yeah, and, and for this week specifically, we saw the last time the Chargers played the Broncos, Hunter Henry went off. He was yeah. like the only, only guy really doing anything for the Chargers offense. So you would think that if he's out there, the Broncos would be focusing on shutting him down and letting you know, hoping the Chargers can beat them elsewhere. Um, so for this week, I, I, I kind of sh- maybe would shy away from Henry. Going forward, though, I don't think you can deny that he's just, you know, he's a young guy, so he's got those fresh legs, and Antonio Gates is like a dinosaur running around out there with stone hands. <laughs> and I think at the beginning of the season, there was some there was a stat where uh, Antonio Gates needed like eight more receiving touchdowns or something to have the most all-time uh, among tight ends. Yeah. Um, and we thought, oh, like the Chargers, Philip Rivers are going to try to get him this stat, but I don't really know how real that is with uh, Hunter Henry emerging 
And I think um, I think he can still, you know, his his Gates's snap count has increased the last few weeks, while Henry's has decreased a little bit. But Henry's still out there more than Gates, you know, in the big picture overall. So I don't think like this week I might shy away from Henry because of the matchup and his concussion issue and all that stuff. But going forward, I think Henry's a, a top ten guy for sure at tight end. Yeah, he's really, uh, you know, for a rookie tight end to come in and produce so soon, that's, uh, you know, he's shown a lot of quality there. And obviously, if he's learning anything from Gates, that's only going to help him moving forward. Uh, moving yeah. on now to uh, Philadelphia at Dallas. Um, obviously, Philadelphia getting a huge one last week against the Vikings, and not a lot of people were predicting that. But uh, Des Bryant expected back to train Wednesday in a limited fashion, expected to, to play this week against uh, the Eagles. It's, you know, a big divisional matchup, but. Uh, is there somebody that you're going to plug in straight away there with Dak? Uh, again, week uh, six teams on a bye. Uh, usually you'd like to wait and see, but as well, he's somebody that you've you probably took in the first round. You've you got to start your studs. Yeah, I think I think it's a situation where you start your studs. If does suits up, you got to plug him in. But our, uh, our research team provided the stat, which kind of popped out at me. Uh, Dak Prescott has been more efficient when, when targeting receivers other than Des Bryant this year. So in, I think Des played three games yeah. at the uh, beginning of the season. When targeting Des Bryant, Dak had a 47.8 completion percentage. When targeting other wideouts, he had a 72.6 completion percentage. So, uh, you know, De- uh, Dak Prescott is not Tony Romo, and that's something people need to need to remember. Tony Romo and Des had that connection, but with a rookie back there, it's a different story. He seems to like those those shorter yardage guys like uh, Cole Beasley and you know in the slot let him let him do some work after the catch and stuff like that so I think you still have to start Dez because he's just too good of a threat to leave on your bench but don't expect you know those huge blow-up games that could potentially be weak winning yeah I, de- so, I, I definitely agree with you there and I think you know it's in that situation you you probably have to start him with the the bye week situation um, you mentioned as well the, the completion percentage rate it might also be down to maybe in those first three weeks Dak pushing the ball down the field wasn't as confident in it and he hasn't really done that yet this season but maybe with somebody like Dez back in with those kind of six games under his belt he might have a little bit more confidence we haven't really see, seen him throw in deep all that much and most of Dez's completions are going to be kind of past 10 or 15 yards down the field yep. uh, you know on the Philadelphia side I think I'd be starting Jordan Matthews this week and uh, you know hoping that he uh. can get a little bit more work yeah it's it's been tough you know I don't know if you're a fan of Jordan Matthews but you know I own him in quite a few leagues and he started the season with a heavy workload and it's really died off but I think uh, that was down to game script and such some of them games and they played a couple of tough defenses including the Vikings last week but I think just uh, against this Dallas secondary, I, I would be taking that shot. But outside of that, there, you know, probably starting Matthews as well. It's just with six teams on a bye, it's really, really tough going this week. And uh, <laughs> I, I really, I wouldn't be doing either of that with confidence. I wouldn't be starting any Eagles with confidence uh, this week at all. Moving on to the next game, Detroit at Houston. Theoretic expected back this week uh, from that ankle injury. That'll be a big boost to the backfield um, for the Lions, and uh, he did train on Wednesday as well. Um, Golden Tate over the last couple of weeks has had a kind of a resurgence, but I think that was more down to him kind of nearly overtaking that theoretic short pass catching role. Do you think that this week we see him? Uh, you know, we see Riddick taking into to what Tate's production was the last couple of weeks. Uh, de- yeah, definitely. If Riddick plays, I think he'll be he'll be the go to guy, especially on the short passing yards. Uh, short passing plays. I think I saw a quote from Golden Tate where he said um, when he got benched a couple games ago um, and he said it kind of lit a fire under him. So he might have some extra motivation to keep keep rolling here, but it's kind of 
I mean, the te- the Texans' uh, defense isn't like super scary, but they're still a pretty good defense. Um, and you know, I don't know, I don't know with Theo Riddick back there if I would take a chance on Tate this week. I'd still roll Marvin Jones out there because he's got that that crazy upside on those deep balls and the touchdown upside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, Theo Riddick will take away a lot of what Golden Tate has done the last few weeks. Yeah, so so uh, I what I wanted to look at a little bit further is we probably have in this matchup the ultimate, not ultimate, but a high scoring offense versus a low scoring defense, and that's the the Saints and the Seahawks. Obviously, they yeah. still have a, a an extremely good secondary, um, and 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 the Saints have you know so many weapons um, on their offense, and I'm not naming Kobe Fleener. Uh, <laughs> Um, because Kobe Fleener is garbage, and I, I said it. I said it. Don't hold back. Uh, no, 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 no. I'll tell you how I really feel. Um, but I, I want to get your take. Like, who do you who do you think the Seahawks are going to focus on? Because between Brandon Cooks, Willie Sneed, Michael Thomas, they've all had really good games individually. You know, and I'm curious to see who like someone like Richard Sherman uh, focuses on more. How you know who's going to be taking less focus on, you know, from the, the Seattle secondary, who's going to be taking more and who, who do you think could, you know, benefit from that? And I guess on the other side, um, you know, Christine Michael, I, I think he's going to have a really good game. Um, and I, I guess I, I just want to get your confirmation on that, really. Just to sure. That I <laughs> sure. Hey, I'm the guy to talk to about Christine Michael. Yeah. I, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah, l- let me start with Christine Michael first. He, I think he's had 19 or more uh, touches in the last three games, so the volume is there. There's nobody else. The Seahawks actually just cut C.J. Spiller today, yeah. um, so he's gone as a threat there. Um, but, yeah, like if Michael gets that volume, he hasn't been the most efficient guy the last few weeks, but the Saints have given up 12 total touchdowns to running backs, and they give up more fantasy points per game to the position than any other team. So... I think, and the the Saints are such a high scoring offense that that I think the Seahawks are going to need to keep driving and you know get get load up Chris and Michael with touches. Hopefully, he can get going and break off some big chunks of yards. You get in the end zone a couple times for them. So I love Chris and Michael this week. It's kind of a a dream type matchup. You can't really ask for a better matchup for for Michael. Um, on the other side of it, you were asking about the Saints pass catchers. Uh, everyone's on Michael Thomas right now because he's yeah. having a, a little bit of a breakout season here as a rookie. This this uh, our next gen stats here, which I know Harmon likes to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they sent us this little blurb about uh, Drew Brees has a 141.6 passer rating when throwing to the left side of the field this season, um, and Richard Sherman primarily lines up on what is the left side of the defense, but the right side of the offense. So the opposite side there, um, which means Breeze will most likely likely be targeting where he has success on the left side. And Michael Thomas has primarily lined up on the left side, 55% of his snaps and has been very productive from that side of the field, catching 21 passes on 28 targets for 228 yards and all three of his touchdowns on that side. So I think the way this is this is lining up is that Richard Sherman will be on the opposite side, probably covering Brandon Cooks. And we know Brandon Cooks th- kind of struggles when he's facing a top cornerback like like a Richard Sherman. Um, so I think that opens the door for Michael Thomas to have a big day here. Hopefully that comes to fruition because 
I, I like this guy. I want to see him do well. So Yeah, and uh, I own him in quite a few leagues, particularly Dynasty Leagues, and I'm going to be starting him in a couple of games this week. I know it's a tough matchup against the Seahawks, but as you mentioned, if he's on that left side and Breeze is hitting uh, away from Sherman, I think he, he's going to find some uh, you know gaps in the scheme, and I think he, he will put up some points this week. It's going to be an interesting game because the, the Seahawks have... You know, last week I know the the Cardinals were good, but they're struggling offensively the last uh, four or five games, and the offensive line is a real concern. You mentioned Christian Michael. You know, there is that potential for a huge game this week, but the offensive line really is a concern for me. But I think, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, usually, you know, I would say with the Seahawks, if, if it's in Seattle, I don't start in with confidence. But when it, when they're on the road and they're after coming off that big game, a big division game, uh, you know, sometimes you can there's a drop in focus and so on, and they're on the road. I think it's a, a quite a good match up here for the, for the Saints, and it's going to be a, quite a good one. I think I'm very confident this week, and Thomas uh, starting that one. A couple of games are going to run through now. Uh, the New York Jets, obviously. Uh, we have Geno Smith, uh, Torres ACL, Ryan Fitzpatrick's back at quarterback. I think probably gives a little bit of a boost there to Branton Marshall again with him back in the lineup. Uh, Matt Forte had a big game last week, 34 touches, a bit of a bounce back game for him. Uh, now, words coming out that uh, Bilal Powell has turf toe. That's usually a multi week injury, so you know he he's going to be sitting. So that should be uh, you know a big big matchup this week for Matt Forte heading against the Browns. Uh, I think he start him this week with confidence. And I was starting to kind of talk him down over the last couple of weeks. So I was starting to get behind Bilal Powell, but obviously with him out, uh, a game against the Browns is a, a big big opportunity for the New York Jets running back uh, Cleveland on the other side. You know, the quarterback situation's all up in the air. There's a possibility this team could go 0-16 this season. Kevin Hogan <laughs> is the starter. Josh McCowan is out with a collarbone injury. Cody Kessler with a concussion. They claimed Joe Callahan off waivers, and he is the backup this week. So, uh, you know, they've been kind of they've been just rolling through quarterbacks. I think they've had six this season so far, so the poor Browns could end up having uh, another another starter or uh, two two quarterbacks I- again this week. I think there's a chance McCown goes this week. I think he practiced today, so just keep an eye on that. Okay, well, if he, you know, and I think if he starts prior, obviously hasn't been as explosive the last couple of weeks with that hamstring injury. Yeah. But if he if he can get healthy again, uh, you know, we'll see we'll see if uh, if he does uh, anything this week against that Jets porous secondary. Uh, next up, we're going to go on to Washington and Cincinnati, and uh, I thought Doug would have picked this one up earlier. Doug literally hits Matt Jones and. Jones fumbled. <laughs> he fumbled three times. I I, I poked at him last week because Jones had quite a nice game two weeks ago. But fumbled three times. Uh, one of the fumbles was down to Kurt Cousins, but uh, you know, and one of them was recovered. The third was like a shovel pass of his into the end zone for a, a touchback for the Lions. So, you know, you could see him get a, a huge reduction in carries. Um, you know, the other running backs that came in in that game, Rob Kelly, uh, I think Chris Thompson was the other one in there. They, uh, you know, they they had quite nice games themselves. So, how do you see that look uh, going forward? for Matt Jones and obviously bearing in mind that Doug uh, dislikes him immensely <laughs> well <laughs> um, actually just before I, I connected with you guys today I saw um, a note that Matt Jones came into practice this morning with a knee injury and he didn't practice so this is like a new thing that just popped up today that they didn't we didn't know about immediately after the game um, so there's so there is a chance that if Jones doesn't play um, and I mean I feel like you know, his volume would be reduced anyway because he's of the ball security issues. But, like, if he doesn't play completely, um, Rob Kelly, who's a rookie, would be their their lead back starter. And then Chris Thompson would take the third down work. We saw Chris Thompson kind of excel last week. Um, I think he had more yards than, than uh, the most yards of the three. 
Um, but he's not really a feature type back. He's kind of small. He's a third down kind of pass catching change of pace guy. So if Matt Jones doesn't play at all, go at like add Rob Kelly right now because he might he might come through for you on Sunday. Um, if Matt Jones does play, it sounds like this knee thing is something that could limit him. He's going to be limited on volume anyway because of his horrible fumbles and all that stuff. So I think Rob Kelly is the upside play, and the uh, the Bengals' run defense has not been good this year. So this is a really nice matchup for Rob Kelly. Yeah, and uh, also this game taking place in London, so it will be – uh, you know, an early start, uh, 9.30 Eastern time. So make sure if you yep. are playing any of these guys that you do uh, check that line up ahead of time. And Jordan Reed's also going to be going to an independent specialist uh, on Thursday to see if he can get clearance from that concussion that he suffered two weeks ago. He didn't get cleared last week. So uh, it's expected that, you know, if he if he doesn't pass that protocol that he won't travel with the team. So we should have a little bit of clearance on that on Thursday uh, heading into Friday. Uh, yeah, I just want to point out, and I wrote this guy to you guys in a message, but maybe <laughs> you know, it, maybe it's better if, if the whole world knows. Um, Matt Jones, I, I will give him something. He is he is consistent. He is uh, consistent at being terrible. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is, is that uh, Matt, you you said that he could be limited uh, because yeah. of his knee injury. He is uh, limited because of lack of talent. So. <laughs> So, uh, moving on, um, (laughs) I guess we'll go into the, uh, to the, the division rivalry, uh, the Patriots and the bills, um, LaShawn McCoy, uh, I think he was spotted at practice today. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. He was spotted at practice working on the side, but he technically did not practice today due to his hamstring issue, which baffles my mind as to why they would make him go out there, uh, this past weekend. Uh, when they knew he was hurt, and it really wasn't that hard of a game, even though I think they lost. They lost to the Dolphins, but still, you know, yeah. I think it'd be better to to sit him out a week than um, you know than, than play him. It you is know, Rex hurt. Ryan, though. Yeah, it is Rex Ryan. You're right. Um, and then obviously, you know, I just want to get your take on if if Michael Essie, and I said it right this week, Michael no, Essie. It's, it's God. <laughs> oh, don't, all right. Well, uh, I'll just let you do that. Um, and um, I, I just want to get your take on, and you know, what can he do? Can we expect much of a drop off if uh, if Gillisley uh, plays? Uh, Gillisley, I think he's a pretty uh, uh, capable backup. He's he's been efficient. We saw him at the end of last season. I think I think McCoy missed a couple games. Yep. If I'm correct, there, I might, might no, be he did, wrong, yep, but yep. Gillis did a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, Gillis. Yeah. Yeah, he did, and he was a very efficient. Um, coming into the season, everyone thought Carlos Williams was going to be McCoy's backup, and we know what, what happened there. He kind of gained some weight, and I think he failed a drug test or something, and he's not even he's not even on a team anymore. So Gillisley has a really good uh, you know really good outlook here. If McCoy doesn't play, we kind of thought this was going to happen last week, though. So I don't know. Like, is, uh, it's really frustrating if Rex Ryan has McCoy suit up. Like from a fantasy perspective, it's just it's just kind of silly to put him out there. It's one of those situations where you just wish they would keep him on the bench till he gets healthy again because rolling him out there at fifty percent is not helping anyone. It's not helping McCoy. It's not helping the team. It's not helping fantasy owners. Like they care about fantasy owners, but but if Gillisley is like the, if Gillisley is the guy, there's definitely potential there. I just worry about the Patriots' defense because you know they sh- they'll shut down, they shut down the, whatever the other team's strength is. And right now, the Bills' strength is the running game. Two of their top wideouts—I mean, Sammy Watkins is out, and the other two guys, uh, 
Goodwin and Woods, they're both with injuries. So their number one wideout right now is Justin Hunter. Um, so you'd have to think that they were going to focus on the run game. And the Patriots just, you know, their strategy, game-to-game strategy worries me that they're just going to try to stuff whatever tr- they try to run. So, you know, if McCoy's out, I think you kind of got to play Gillisley just for the volume upside. But it's not a great matchup. And going forward, it's just kind of a wait and see on the McCoy injury. Yeah, and uh, this is one, you know, the, the Patriots obviously lost to Buffalo uh, in New England a couple of weeks back. I believe that was actually, they did the shot. I think they shut them out as well. Is that the game you yeah, were at? Yeah, it was 16-0. Yeah. But I think it was Jacoby Brissett yeah. playing that but game. with with Brady now, I think that I think that New England go in here and blow the doors off them. And unless you get some garbage yeah. time points from Buffalo, I wouldn't be confident in starting any starters or starting any of them really this week. Uh, unless, yeah. you know, obviously, with Gasly, the volume is there. A couple of games to run through just to finish up with Minnesota at Chicago. Uh, the Vikings last week really didn't get anything going. Uh, McKinnon uh, injured his ankle in that one. We'll see if he gets going this week. The offensive line has been a, a huge issue for the Vikings. You know, last week, Bradford was pretty much getting uh, battered behind that line. Diggs came back from his injury but didn't get going. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to start in them again with confidence. But Dallas, or not Dallas, sorry, Chicago, as you mentioned, uh, when we were talking about the Packers game earlier, they're just they're just not good in that, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. So I think you do start your, your Vikings this week with a, a little bit of confidence, even though they're on the road. I think they're going to look to bounce back from that loss. Chicago on the other side, Brian Hoyer, uh, broke his wrist, he's out and Jay Cutler's cleared to play so I think that'll probably help Alshon Jeffrey in this one but going against us, the Vikings defence, uh, I mentioned you know, my, my question's going to be on Jeffrey, are you starting him this week with uh, any confidence you know, I, I'm sitting in a lot of leagues this week uh, I'm starting him but I'm not confident about yeah. it, uh, but I mean Cut- Cutler coming back is 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 good yeah. but against the Vikings the Vikings just shut everyone down so I'm I'm right there with you on that. I, yeah. I I agree pretty much with you. Uh, I wouldn't be starting. I know there was you know Meredith for a few weeks. People were confident in him. Maybe going forward, there's value, but I'm not starting him against the Vikings. Not starting any of the running backs. Not starting Zach Miller. So I'm pretty much telling <laughs> I'm not starting anyone in this unless they're playing for the Vikings. And even at that, I'm I'm really uh, only in desperation situations. Two games to head up to finish out, and we have Tampa Bay hosting the Oakland Raiders. Tampa Bay had a, a nice win last week, but they're you know Mike Evans is going to get a huge volume play. Uh, Jaquez Rogers is going to get that volume play if Doug Martin can't return. We'll see his health going forward this week. Jameis Winston then is going to be down again to a volume based uh, offense. And then on the other side, we've seen Oakland kind of. I know they won last week, but they haven't been as explosive uh, through the air uh, over the last two weeks. Do you see Oakland getting a bounce back here and? Other than Mike Evans, is there anybody that you would be uh, tempted to own in this Tampa Bay offense? Uh, other than Evans, yeah. I mean, Jaquiz Rogers, I mean, he's got to be started. On volume, he's, yeah. He's a wor- yeah. Yeah, he's a workhorse back there. We don't know when Doug Martin's coming back. Yeah. Um, he, I, I think, you know, I kind of like Jameis Winston this week as like a streamer kind of guy um, because Oakland's defense is not good. They're, they're one of the worst defenses in the league. Very bad. Uh, they... Yeah, just just look to like see what uh, see what the Jaguars done against them last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I that's on the Jags. Know, but that's yeah. The, yeah, that's the Jaguars. Even with that game, the the Oakland's defense uh, is allowing four hundred and thirty point four total yards per game. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, they're last, dead last in the NFL in passing yards per game, allowed three hundred and two point one. So I think uh, Mike Evans, I think, is the second targeted wideout in the league. So. 
And with Vincent Jackson out now, he's just going to see even more volume. So I think the Winston Evans would be like a good stack if you're playing DFS. Um, but other than that, I mean, Jaquiz Rogers is, is, you know, a volume upside kind of guy, but that's about it. Yeah, and uh, looking, you know, uh, if you're in really deep leagues, Russell Shepard got a lot of targets last week, got a touchdown. He's somebody who I actually heard this week as uh, a, a captain on the special teams in rooms with Jameis Winston. So there's a possibility that that connection could be there. But, you know, it's only in extreme deep leagues. Adam Humphreys is there as well. But it's really, if you're really in a pickle. Uh, then Thursday night football is the last game, Jacksonville at Tennessee. We kind of touched on this game a little bit earlier with the, the problems that Jacksonville have. So I'm going to leave them out of it in this one and look at the, the Titans. Obviously, Delaney Walker's bounced back. Uh, it won slow week and uh, hit a nice nice game last week but you know DeMarco Murray you have to start I think you're you're starting most of your Titans with confidence here is there anybody in this Titans you know out of the out of the you know you have Mariota are you confident in starting Mariota this week you mentioned earlier about streaming once and I'm, I'm starting Mariota in a couple of spots yeah I, I kind of like that move to stream Mariota I think it's going to be a kind of an ugly game to be honest we already talked about Alan Robinson and yeah. Blake Bortles struggling their running backs can't do anything like you said earlier, Tennessee is a good streaming defense um, just because the Jaguars' offense is so bad. Um, but, I mean, DeMarco Murray's a beast. I, I so badly want Derrick Henry to be a thing. Yeah, me too. They're, just not giving, <laughs> they're not giving him the ball. He's so talented. He's just collecting dust on the sideline. It's, it's frustrating. I drafted Henry, like, in the middle rounds in a lot of my leagues, and he's just hanging out on my bench. Yeah, he's somebody who, you know, when the, it's down to the opportunity, and I think I've seen that uh, Marcus Mariota last week handled 96% of the uh, running back touches, so, you know, he's just getting that full workload, but, you know, down the line, yeah. we'll see Derrick Henry, but that's not going to help you uh, for, for fantasy over them first six or seven weeks of the season, but that there right. uh, gives us, all, and, it, you know, it's bad when you're talking about a game when one of your kind of favorite starters or streamers for that week is, uh, is the defense, so... That goes to show you how yeah. much we're looking forward to Thursday night football this week. And uh, hopefully it's a good game. We'll see what happens. But that wraps up the uh, preview with all the games we've run through. You can follow Matt on Twitter. It's at Matt Franchise. That is F-R-A-N-C-H-I-S-E. And uh, Doug's on Twitter at NFL. I'm on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And uh, this Sunday, be sure to tune in to that Overtime Ireland Twitter feed. I'll be giving away an OTI t-shirt uh, as part of that. Uh, Matt, it's been uh, a lot of fun having you on. It's the first time we've had you on the show, so uh, hopefully it's not the last and we get you on uh, later in the season. Uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, having you aboard the show. Thank you. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. And with yeah. that, uh, I'll just have to, to say, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.